0: anyone else a little bit toasted? (laughs) Not just because of the room temperature, I'm just talking the all-consuming fire is in our midst powerfully. Um, I'm kind of tempted to just um, abandon the program yet again and just kind of splat out all over the floor, yet I just, yeah, I just can't get away from it. There, there's something I believe that he wants to do and it's not unrelated to just that sense of the holiness of God that's in the room right now. Um, so I'm just going to kind of attempt to babble my way through that a little and see where we come out the other side. I've got a really clear sense of what he wants to do. I've just got to find a way to get there in a fairly short time (laughs) while not having full use of my faculties. (laughs) So this will either be really awesome or really funny, like at my expense. (laughs) 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 Thanks for your support there, Cam. Thoroughly appreciate that. Isn't it good to have a team that really have your back? And <laughs> um, Luke chapter nineteen. Let's go there for a sec. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of gymnastics this around a little to land to the place that's a tad different from what I had planned. But I can feel it really, really clearly in the air. Um, so Luke chapter nineteen, verse eleven. This is a parable that is. Really, really familiar, um, which is the parable of the ten miners. And many of us have probably heard many, many messages on that. What's that? Little people? Miners? Ha, 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 ha. Now, miners was a sum of cash, quite literally. Um, I just like to use the word cash because it's very offensive to a religious spirit. Yeah, we like to use the word finance or... Even money, but cash just sounds so... Anyway, focus. So while I was listening to this, he went on to tell them, Jesus being, tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and people thought that the kingdom was going to appear at once. That verse is really important in understanding this parable because they thought the kingdom was going to appear at once. In other words, they thought, the people thought the kingdom was just going to kind of magically just materialize like this. I don't know about you, but often we think about that, about revival. It's just going to materialise. It's just, God's just going to suddenly. And look, the reality is sometimes the suddenlies of God are real. They happen. I've been a part of them. It's awesome. It's scary. It's amazing. It's freaky. It's undoing. It's all of those things all at the same time. But this, this is the purpose of why Jesus was telling the parable, because they thought the kingdom was just, boom, it's going to appear. So he says, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king, you know, as you do. That obviously wasn't funny. And then to return. So then he called his ten servants and he gave them ten miners, Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king, but he was made king, so no, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your miner has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. Now that's some pretty ludicrous increase right there. 10 miners, 10 cities. That is is a ridiculous level of increase. The second came and said, Sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. That's again pretty ludicrous increase, right there. Then another servant came and said, "Sir, here is your miner. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take what you take out, what you didn't sow, you reap what you didn't. You take out what you didn't put in, and you reap what you didn't sow." His master replied, "I'll judge you by your own words. You wicked, lazy servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out?" what I did not put in, reaping what I did not sow, then why didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mind away from him and give it to the one who has 10. This is not affirmative action right there. This is not the welfare state at all. It's not take it from you and give it to the poor. No, give it to the one who's got 10 already because that guy knows or girl knows what to do with it. We could almost amen right there if you got the point. And that God invests stuff in people that know what to do with what they've been given. Yes, he's caring. Yes, he's compassionate. But he invests the real stuff in those who know how to steward well what he has put in their hand. So I tell you that everyone who has will be given more, but as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. And I often wondered, what does that mean? Like how can, if you have nothing, how can what you have be taken away because you have nothing? Remember he says, well done, you good and faithful servant. That's what they have. Now you're given more stuff. But the one who doesn't have faithfulness, even the stuff they have, is is going to end up being whittled away from them. Does that make sense? Now, the principle of stewardship, and I'm not talking about cash in this instance, I'm not, I mean, I'm not excluding it from the mix, but it's not primarily what I'm talking about, is stewardship is a big deal in the kingdom of God. It's one of the foundational principles of the kingdom of God. And this is where I feel like there's something about the holiness of God in the room right now. And One of the responses to that is to treat with awe and reverence what he has given us and what he has put in us, and to realize that we are actually held accountable for what we have. The kingdom of God is not a consumer society where you get to pick and choose and take what you want. He actually gives you, he invests, he, he places himself inside you, and if you look at that, he actually demands a return. He actually demands increase as a result of that. And, and this is the bit of, of the holiness and awe of God that I'm sensing in the room, but, but it's, I sense that it's being applied, not just in reverence and awe in worship, though I think we've done a, you know, a, a great job of that tonight. But the reverence and awe is, wow, what, what he has put in me is significant. And he, his expectation is, that we do something with us with it. That there's actually an increase from the investment that He has put in us. And when I'm telling you, what has He put in us? The experiences, the anointings, the gifts, the talents, all of those things, the callings, they're not just for us to have a good time. There's this Now stop saying more, that's not fair. (laughs) Yeah, I know, for you, thanks. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I'll drink to that. (laughs) isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. Okay, before I completely lose any sense of direction in this meeting. Mm. Mm. Not that I had it in the first place. <laughs> let's, let's laugh at that. Oh. Uh, there, there is an aspect of the holiness of God that actually demands something of us. And and see, you're not accountable for what you don't have. See, the the one with five minors wasn't accountable in the same way that the one that had 10 was. We're not equally accountable. We're accountable for what's in us. Does that make sense? That's really, really important. It's not equal accountability. We're accountable according to what we have. You're not accountable for what you don't have. You're not accountable for revelation you don't have. But the moment you have it, you're accountable for it. So you remember when Jesus said, I have so much more to say, but you can't bear it now? There's a number of things around that that are so pregnant. One is when Jesus spoke, his words released worlds over people and they couldn't handle the weight of glory. They didn't have the weight carrying capacity to handle that level of glory yet, so he couldn't release it. But at the same time, if he did speak it out, he would increase their accountability because of the revelation that he releases that now increases their accountability for which they weren't ready yet. So he actually held back as an act of grace. Even though there was so much more he wanted to say, he actually held back because the moment he released it, they're accountable now for that revelation and they weren't ready for it. <laughs> I want to be ready. Ooh. <laughs> Mm, there's a lot of drinking being going on this weekend <laughs> in the spirit for those of you who are visiting. Um, mm, scripture says we've all been given one spirit to drink and when you drink a lot, you get impacted by what you drink. Really simple principle. Oh, um We have been given so much, and look at the very least, there is one scripture that blows away every excuse that we have, and that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if you think about this, if you read Colossians and Ephesians, we see that all the fullness of the universe, all the fullness of all creation was put in Christ, that's a lot, right? Say <laughs> so all, of, all of the fullness of everything. He is the fullness of whom he fills everything in every way. That's, that's Christ. So being in Christ means we have been put into that fullness. But then he says, and Christ, that fullness is in you. So I, I don't know what bigger investment he can make than that. Christ in you, the confident expectation of glory. Now, I always thought of that as the hope of glory being, well, I'll go to heaven. That that was my fairly simplistic Anglican understanding of that verse because it was what I was taught all my life growing up, that Christ in me is the hope of me going to heaven when I finally shuffle off this mortal coil. Bless you, Monty Python fans. Um, But Christ in me, the confident expectation of glory. See, glory is always the Father's end game. So Romans 3... I am so far off track right now. Anyway, let's just. And I can't pretend to care.
1: Oh,
0: man. Romans 3, verse that I was taught really well for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, that's what we fell short. We didn't fall short of a good Bible study or a set of rules. Okay, we fell short of the glory of God, but then the next verse, which we often f- forget, oh, is that we've been justified freely by His grace. So we've actually been restored to that place of glory from where, from once we which fell. Oh. <laughs> now. Mm. Oh. I'm calling subs really soon. <laughs> Hmm. 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 Um, so the glory of God has always been the father's end game because he says the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea that's the end game of the father always so Christ in you, the confident expectation of glory. In other words, Christ in me is your hope of glory. As you, as I release the glory that I carry, you come into the experience of that. And Christ in you is my hope of glory. Christ in us is Rouse Hill, Sydney's hope of glory. Of actually... Seeing Christ in the people of God is the world's hope of experiencing the glory. It's not just going to turn up at once, like these guys were thinking. Jesus said, it will turn up by being faithful in stewarding that which has been deposited in you. See, your world right now is a manifestation of the beliefs that uh, the, the world that you have cultivated inside of you. Okay, what you're experiencing in your world is no accident. I know, it's hilarious. (laughs) Now, here's the bit that's a tad unfunny, but let's just see. Oh. Oh. Oh, don't be sorry, this is good. We've had enough boring church to last a lifetime, so... Okay. Can I just borrow this? It's going to make life a whole lot easier. Mm. <laughs> the next step's the floor because it's really hard to fall off the floor. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the deal. Here's where I really felt in worship, which is completely different to what I had planned, but here's where I felt the father wanted to land. I'm just not going to look at any of you or I have no chance. <laughs>
1: mm. Mm.
0: And actually <laughs> the drinking and the joy is actually a really important part of the process because you're going to see why in a sec.. Whew. Mm. So many of us, not all of us, but so many of us in this room have been through experiences in our life that have been seriously, seriously disappointing, that have been seriously, seriously painful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and in some ways, let's just laugh at that, is a really, really good thing because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh but here's here's the the bit that where the holiness of god comes in you know like we live in a world that is fundamentally fallen and broken and seriously needs the glory that we carry and the fact that crappy stuff has happened in our life doesn't change our accountability that, that that's the bit i really felt the there's, there's an aspect of the holiness of god that is so real in the room right now where he's saying i hear you i get your pain i actually died to heal your pain yeah but your pain and your disappointment does not change your accountability for what I've put inside you. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Because what he's put in you, he's put in you. And the, the third guy came back with the story that he was, he was scared, he was messed up. And he said, I, I, just, I buried the sucker. I, didn't, I, didn't, I couldn't handle it. I didn't know what to do with it. And I think, you know, we, because of our life experience, not always in full but sometimes in part, we kind of go, I'm only going to go so far with him or I'm only going to go so far in stewarding what he's put inside of me because every time I've really stepped out, it hasn't worked out for me or I stepped out this time and this happened. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I, can, I just can't get away from tonight. <laughs> oh. that it doesn't shift our accountability. We are still accountable for what's been put in us. And what I feel to do is just let's... You know, in in the world, when they're in pain, they drink it away. But they drink it away bad because they're self-medicating. In the kingdom, we can drink it away... But it's not self-medicating, it's healing because we're drinking of the Holy Spirit and he is peace, He is joy, He is love and it is his unconditional love that heals our disappointment, that heals our brokenness. And disappointment was just a massive thing I could I felt like he wanted to hit it tonight. And whether he hits it with a, a huge dose of joy or whether he hits it with a, an all-consuming fire, you know the words of that song, In this moment now where heaven's drawing near, fill us with your power, let us see your glory here. And then verse two. In this moment now where awe and mercy meet, the oh the awe bit is God, you are so much bigger than the the stuff, the dis, oh the disappointment, the hurt, the pain. So in awe of you, I have to respond and say, I have to be accountable for the Christ in me because the glory isn't going to be released just like this. It's going to be released by us being faithful with the deposit that's in us. And the mercy bit is he actually died for our disappointment, our pain, our heartache. The, the stuff that happened to us that no one else knows about, the stuff that, that we're still getting healed of um, because of the level of brokenness that it's brought to our life. But, you know, the, the, the beautiful news about all of that stuff, and this is where his mercy comes into play, and it's Isaiah 61, which is the verse that is our catch cry. Isaiah 61 is that he gives us beauty for ashes, Ooh, and He gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair and the oil of gladness instead of mourning. There's this, there's this holy trade-off that happens in His mercy that says those things that have broken you, those things that have messed you up, oh, ooh, those things that have messed you up, they are the very things that I'm going to pour my glory in and out through that glory, you are going to become a healer to the, to the very things that broke you. No. You are going to heal others in the same areas that you yourself were broken, and the enemy's going to wish he never touched you. No. Oh. No. Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, I just really feel that what God is doing... If you've been with us for a long time or even if you've been with us for a short time, I hope that you know that what you've signed up for with us is a journey of the heart. Mm -hmm. And what I feel like God wants to touch on now is that it's the... I feel like it's the long-term stuff. It's the stuff that's like the cycles that like everybody has their cycle of struggle and for some of you it might have been anxiety or depression or even like financial struggle or just there's just an area that you feel like you've always needed like this constant breakthrough and you know we are onions we're very good looking onions but we are onions and we need layers peeled off and god takes us Mm. on a journey but what i feel like is that today is an onion layer coming off day Mm. In that journey. And I really feel like there is a tangible presence of God in the room for breakthrough. For breakthrough. So whether you're finding that you're overcome by the Holy Spirit to the point where you're laughing and you don't even know why. Or whether you're just sitting there and going, I don't even know what I feel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're feeling right now. Because God is here and he's doing that. So.
0: Okay. Let's stand.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, bit... Oh. Yeah, and good luck with that. Or <laughs> we'll stay. Ooh, just whatever. Just let's. Oh. Mm. So, we're not intentionally weird, okay? <laughs> but hey. <laughs> Oh, oh. Okay, let's just try something here. Oh. Ah, oh, Father, thank you for your glory in this room right now. We just, whew, we just declare this space is wide open for your glory to be manifest in our midst. More. We just say more. We just say more. We just say more. Whew. Ooh, more, Lord. Mm. Oh, God, in this moment of all sorts of stuff, but in the midst of it all, there's this holy awe. Oh. We want to recognize what you have put in us. And, God, for. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, drunk parents are so embarrassing, aren't they? <laughs> oh. Whew. Oh. oh, I was praying something good then. What was it? Oh, yeah, you have put yourself in us. And God, anywhere where we have let our disappointment, our pain, our shame, our fear, our failure, our success, our whatever it is, where we have let those things stop us from stewarding what you have put in us, we repent right now. And we just start to drink in your mercy into those pained up, messed up, shamed up places in our heart. And we just give you permission to peel another layer of the onion tonight. Because we hear you, Papa. We hear you. You demand a return. And it's not because you're a hard taskmaster, it's because you know what we're capable of and you want to pull us into the highest the highest manifestation of who we are and that is to be like you. You actually died to incorporate us into the Godhead, into your heart. Whew. So right now, just any places of disappointment, of shame, of failure, of, of, of fear, of whatever it is we just give your spirit permission we give your father's heart permission to touch us deep touch us deep god forgive us when we forget that it cost you cost your son his life to see the glory of the lord cover the earth like the waters cover the sea and God, we want to walk with that that mix of holy awe yet ridiculous joy. (laughs) Just let your consuming fire just increase upon us right now. Just increase, increase your fire. Increase your fire. Increase your fire. Increase your fire. Just start to call out to Him. Just start to respond in your own way. Just start to have your own interaction with the Father. Whether it's the Isaiah 61 exchange of here's my ashes, I'm taking your beauty, here's my mourning, I take your gladness. Whew. Whatever it is, just start to interact with him. Whew. I feel like there's a really important response we're meant to do, and I, I don't want to pretend to know what that is, just then let's. It's important that, we, you know, we're, we're accountable to steward this moment right now. Ooh, when, the, level of, when the, the water level of his glory is, is high. Ooh, Ooh there, there's a requirement on us to steward this moment right now and not to walk away and just go, oh, that was funny. <laughs> Ooh, so we just, we take you seriously now, Papa. hmm <laughs> and if you're pouring out in joy, we take that seriously too. Let us be seriously joyful. If you're touching our pain and there's tears ready to flow, then just let them flow. Oh, I just want to encourage you, if you're just doing business with the Father, I just feel it's important to to do something physical to respond. I'm just going to open up the front and invite you just right now, don't wait for me to finish talking because that doesn't happen often. Um, Just come down the front. Oh, Oh. just come down the front now and just start to do business. Whether you want to lie on the floor, kneel on the floor, soak, whatever it is.
1: God wants to do some business with some hearts in here tonight. He's um, shown me a picture of a heart that's been ripped and torn and beaten and there are scars that have healed. And I feel like he's saying, I'm going to heal those scars and I'm going to heal those wounds. And I feel like he said he just wants to blow through your body and get rid of those scars and get rid of those wounds that your heart carries now. And he says, I want to meet you where you are right now doesn't matter if you are broken and torn i want to meet you where you are it doesn't matter if you've had the best week and you are in a really good place with him he said i want to meet you right now where you are you don't need to change i'm here to meet you now and so father i just speak into those hearts that are broken those hearts that have scars there and just say be healed spirit just fill their bodies Whoever it is, just fill their bodies, Lord, and heal those hearts. Break down those scars and restore their lives. Freedom, freedom from those scars and those those hurts that have been there in their lives. And fill them with your joy, Holy Spirit, that they can laugh in the face of darkness and that light would restore that darkness darkness cannot stay where there is light. So Father, we just say, bring your light to their lives. Inhabit their lives. Fill us with joy.
0: Okay, let's just begin to respond. And I feel like particularly that thing of our past disappointment, our pain doesn't change our accountability. I feel like for many that you need to come down and just start to lay some of that stuff down. Just start to lay down the disappointment, the, 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 the shame, the failure, and just let him touch those. Just come as, just, you know, if you feel like he's doing just anything right now in your world, just respond and give him the space. Steward the moment that you're in right now because He doesn't want to send you away unchanged. He's not pouring out His glory like this, by accident or for no reason. He is after your heart right now. We just give you room, Papa. We just give you room.